Well, this is Richard C. Wilson with the Family Office Club, and today we're doing an investor mandate interview with Bo May. Welcome, Bo. Good morning, Richard. Thanks for having me. Sure. And um, I know you were on our angel investor discussion panel recently, um, but what type of an angel investor are you and what type of uh, organization do you operate? Well, I'm the managing director of in Miami, Florida, and with presences in Fort Lauderdale, Boca Raton, and West Palm Beach through South uh, Southeast Florida. And what we do, we're an angel investing group, uh, and we really, Richard, are more of a what we call pre-series A and that the minimum investment we'll do typically institutionally is $400,000 up through syndications as much as three or 4 million. Uh, and those we're taking those companies that are beyond the proof of concept stage, beyond the mark, you know, a little bit of market adoption stage, beyond what I call the cocktail napkin stage mm -hmm. and have really gained a little bit of traction, but are ready for some fuel in the tank to take them to the next level to where they can get up from say a five to $10 million valuation to a 7,500, $150 million valuation be taken out by a strategic private equity group. And then uh, for us to flip that cash and let the next phase take them on to, you know, 500 million or a billion sure. dollar exit down the road. Okay. And what's the, uh, the lowest valuation company, that you've invested in or, or seen that seem like a serious company and what's the highest valuation? That's kind of the full range. Sure, sure. We've done it. We've worked with companies with valuations as low as three and a half million dollars. Okay. Um, because of various, again, they had traction. They had a proof of concept. They were relatively early stage, but they had an investor that was looking for strategic partners, not just financial partners. And that's mm -hmm. one of the benefits of an angel investing group, whether it's ours or another is the intellectual capital, the intellectual assets that they bring to the table. So three and a half million on that end. On, on the high end, we actually invested in a company with a $30 million valuation that had over $5 million in recurring revenue at the time. They technically nice. could have gone to the market and gone to maybe to a PE group, but they wanted an angel group because of what I just referenced, because of the intellectual assets that, that the angel group brought to the table and the relationships sure and the contacts that uh, an angel group will utilize to try to move a company forward even farther than the cash will let it. Okay, great, makes sense. Um, what about the geographical scope in terms of where you'll invest in a company um, and also the favorite uh, three to four industries? Sure, well, good question. Well, because even though we're in South Florida, uh, we're not limited to, to South Florida or Florida or even the Southeast in general. Uh, on our website, it will say, you will see where it says that we don't care where the best deal is, whether it's Miami, Manhattan, or Menlo Park, California. We are looking for the best opportunities, the best deals for our investors, and the best opportunities for us to generate long-term, three to four years, five years maybe, uh, wealth and value, not only for our investors, but for the company as well. So we really, we aren't geographically limited. Um, I guess the only geographic limitations I have right now are domestic U.S. for the most part, although things that can, look overseas. Uh, as far as the the markets, right now the lowest hanging fruit from a value perspective, what I mean by that is those, those industries where the strategic value is the lowest for valuing the company on a multiple of top line revenues, not bottom line profits or EBITDA. Okay. Those are software as a service and IT enabled healthcare. You get one of those companies or a company in one of those two industries up to about 
five and a half, six million dollars of revenues. Top line revenues, whether they're profitable or not. Now they can't be burning cash hand over fist, but as long as they're showing some traction and and not demonstrating a horrible burn rate, you're going to get a four and a half or five X revenues, top line revenues valuation on those companies. And ultimately that's the primary concern we're looking for. How quickly can we grow revenues, excuse me, grow value, right? A multiple of revenues does that more quickly than a multiple of EBITDA. Sure. Okay. And software service, software as a service type companies, what's the, um, the few areas that you're especially interested in, obviously healthcare, but um, outside of healthcare, what's a couple areas you guys have a lot of experience in? Really, it doesn't, it, it's not, it's not uh, predicated, Richard, on any particular entry as long as the, the total addressable market is big enough. It doesn't sure. matter. You know, there's a company here in South Florida called Arteza that you may be familiar with. Some of the guys from Chewy and ladies from Chewy that took that company to a $3.3 billion exit. Uh, came over and took over Arteza, which is a software company for a, a, a transaction company for art supplies. I never would have thought art supplies were that big a market, but right. people who just took, you know, did a $3.3 billion exit do. And so, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so there's, there's something there also. So I, I really, it doesn't really matter as long as a total addressable market, which can be demonstrated and, and statistically validated showed that there's a, there's the ability to grow and scale and generate a large value without having to dominate 50% of the market. Right. Right. Okay. Makes sense. All right. So what's the number one piece of advice you'd have for investors who are listening here today? Maybe something that you wish you knew 10 years ago, 15 years ago that by sharing here, you might be able to save them, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in fees or just a lot of pain and suffering along the way. Do not ever undervalue the importance of the management team of the company that you're investing in. Management team is not everything, but I've seen more good technologies, good intellectual properties, good patents, good businesses mm-hmm. be driven into the ground and out of business by poor to even average management teams than good management teams with average deals. Because frankly, if it's a great management team, they're not going to be in an average deal. Usually. It's going to be right, something right. that I don't see. But the management team, even if you're paying a little more than than you expect, even if it's maybe what you perceive as to be an overvalue, if the management team is strong, they'll give you a decent return on your money almost every time. I'll never say always or never, but the management team is an invaluable, irreplaceable component in any success and always vet out the team as much or more so than the technology or the market. Okay. Great. So in other words, like if you're not sure, then you just simply don't invest or the team just has to really impress you and be excellent when you compare five companies all against each other. You know, if you're not sure, you go with the one that has the most excellent team, essentially. Either the excellent team and you're going to have first time entrepreneurs. Everybody has their first, their first deal. Not everybody comes out of the womb with, you know, three exits under their belt. Right. But how has that leadership, how has that entrepreneur built around him or her their advisors, their mentors that can help fill in the intellectual gaps that they don't have or the intellectual experience they don't have. If they are humble enough and teachable enough, which are huge for entrepreneurs because they're type A alpha personalities anyway. Right. But if they have enough self-awareness and understanding that 
and humility to say, you know what, I'm great at this. I'm not so great at that. I'm going to go find some great people at that to help and advise me. That's the sign of a potential good leader. Great. Okay. Great. And what's the best way to get in touch with you, Bo? Do you prefer email, phone, LinkedIn? Uh, all of the above. I can respond to anything. LinkedIn, uh, our email is my, my name, Bo. VC, Victor Charlie. Uh, you can go to LinkedIn, uh, my cell phone. Uh, you can reach me on my cell phone, 305. And I'm glad to talk to anybody. I've, I've talked to someone who wanted to run a nail salon before. Didn't invest yeah. in them, but if I could help that person and give them some input, and ironically enough, that led me to her daughter, who was an electrical engineer at Georgia Tech and interning with a company that we were in due diligence on, ironically enough, that we ended up investing in. So. Huh, interesting. Yeah. And if, if anyone's um, listened to this in audio format, uh, Bo's last name has two G's. In case you want to find him on LinkedIn or get that email address correct, then just want to make sure you know it has two G's in the end of the, in the middle of the last name there. So great. Thanks, Bo. I appreciate your time here today. And Thank I hope you, to see you again live at one of our panels. Absolutely. Look forward to do, doing it again. Take care.